0: Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast, thanks for joining us today, it's the 24th of September, and on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 654, we travelled to England, where the first General Council of the Anglo-Saxon Church opened, it was convened in Hartford by Theodora Tarsus, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and the Venerable Bede is the historical source for this council as he included its text in his Ecclesiastical History of the English People. The council was attended by five bishops from across Anglo-Saxon England and Bede also records royal attendance as King Eggrif of Northumbria was present and it was a milestone in the organisation of the Anglo-Saxon Church. As the decrees passed by its delegates focused on issues of authority and structure within the church, helping to achieve unification in the English church, and it denoted the introduction of the English church to synodical government, which was an established form on the continent. The influential synod of Whitby predated the Council of Hartford. But Whitby was specifically convened to discuss the controversial issues of the dating of Easter. Thus, Hartford was the first instance in which the bishops convened to discuss general ecclesiastical issues and acted as a precedent for future synods. While the Greek and Roman councils acted as the ultimate model, the early Anglo Saxon councils, such as Hartford, set the style for future proceedings. Issues discussed setting limits to a bishop's power, respecting diocesan boundaries and monastic independence, although it allowed the local bishop to participate in the election of abbots in his diocese, thereby not going against the right given by the rule of St. Benedict. The clergy were not to leave their own bishop or wander about at will, and monks were restricted to their monasteries. And this was significant as it meant the establishment of a stable diocesan system and an end of the migratory stage in the conversion of England. It also importantly made rules concerning marriage, reasserting that nothing be allowed but lawful wedlock. And this would have a profound effect on the social structure of the emerging country. The fact that we have such reliable and accurate records of this meeting is due to the work of the Venerable Bede, a Benedictine monk from Northumbria. Bede's reputation as a historian is due to his most famous work, The Ecclesiastical History of the English People, and it gained him the title of the Father of English History, although he has an unrivaled place among first historians of Christian Europe. He's now known as St. Bede, and in 1899, Pope Leo XIII declared him a doctor of the church. He's the only native of Great Britain to be declared a doctor, as Anselm of Canterbury, also a doctor of the church, was originally from Italy. He's also well known as an author and a teacher, and he taught Alcuin of York, see the podcast of May the 19th, who famously invented the capital letter. Another important area of study for Bede was the academic discipline of computus, then known as the discipline of calculating calendar dates. He helped to popularise the practice of dating forward from the birth of Christ, Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, a practice which eventually became commonplace in medieval Europe. Bede's monastery in Wearmouth, Northumbria, had access to an impressive library which included works by Eusebius, Orosius and many others. His ecclesiastical history of the English people was completed in about 731. In spanning five books, the first one begins with some geographical background and then sketches the history of England beginning with Caesar's invasion in 55 BC. A brief account of Christianity in Rome and Britain, including the martyrdom of St. Alban, is followed by the story of Augustine's mission to England in the year 597, which brought Christianity to the Anglo-Saxons. The second book begins with the death of Gregory the Great in 604, and follows the further progress of Christianity in Kent and the first attempts to evangelise Northumbria. The climax of the third book is the account of the Council of Whitby, traditionally seen as a major turning point in English history where the King of Northumbria decides to follow the Roman Church rather than the Celtic Church. The fourth book begins with the consecration of Theodore as the Archbishop of Canterbury and recounts Wilfred's efforts to bring Christianity to the Kingdom of Sussex and it is here that we find his account of today's Synod of Hartford. At the time Bede wrote the Historia Ecclesiastica, there were two common ways of referring to dates. One was to use indictions, which were fifteen year cycles counting from three hundred twelve AD. The other approach was to use regnal years, the reigning Roman Emperor for example, or the ruler of whichever kingdom was under discussion. This meant that in discussing conflicts between kingdoms, the date would have to be given in the regnal years of all the kings involved. Bede used both of these approaches on occasion, but adopted a third method in his main approach to dating, the Anno Domini method, invented by Dionysius Exiguus. And although Bede did not invent this method, his work on chronology is the main reason why it's now so widely used. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can, as we look at the birth of Rudolf Otto and his development of the concept of the numinous, a profound emotional experience, he argued, that that was at the heart of the world's religions. To make our archive easy to access, we started to group our podcasts into themes, so if you visit www.pogp.net the third group on art and architecture is going up this week from St. Peter's to Washington Cathedral. And if you'd like to give any feedback you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for today's music. And have a lovely day wherever you are. And thanks for listening.